How's it going? Good. I was just watching a gynecological comedy video for teen girls. <laughs> Tampons. Tampons. They're very oh, important. Man. This is something I'm going to have to learn more about. Don't you feel like you dodged, dodged a bullet a little bit with those things? You mean not being a girl? Yeah. I think that every day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but but now that I have a daughter, now I have to know things know. about things I don't know anything about. It's so easy to fake it. You know, really if you just get, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need the most detailed topographical map to sound like you're a cartographer. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I couldn't the, draw one, you know? The high land is high and the low lands are low. <laughs> I'll be in Scotland before you. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm gonna, from now I'm going to call vaginas Loch Lomond. <laughs> Loch Lomond. <laughs> um, uh, you know, my... my you know, my experience uh, of women's periods is, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously you, you, you don't get to be my age without having some experience. It's called riding dirty. <laughs> of them. Oh, my God. The is first there neighbor, time. Is there, you ever done, you ever, ever done I that? I never heard that. I never heard it. No, I just literally that. Uh, coined that. Yeah. But uh, but I, I remember I remember the first time a guy told me in high school, a guy, you know, confided in me that he had had sex with a girl who was on her period. And I was like what was it like? And he said, kind of just the same, which meant nothing to me, uh, except it's uh, like sandpapery. Mm. It's like, ru- there's, it's rough. There's a lot of extra, there's detritus. He didn't use that word, but no. that's what he meant. There's, uh, you know, there's flotsam. Mm. And so I was, I was afraid of it for a long time. And then I learned not to be afraid. Yeah. But um, it's pretty I scary. I the, think it's the it's the guy version of having a period. I mean, the first time it happens, you're a little bit startled. Even the if you've heard about having it. a period, is having sex with a girl on her period? I, you know, you John, I'm not a menstrual <laughs> scientist, but you know, I think the first time you you get the uh, you know you get the katana out of the sh- yeah, sheath, you know what I mean? I, you know what? <laughs> Let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad my lady. I'm glad my lady. Huh? Is, I don't think. I don't think the guy version. I don't think you can say that the equivalent of having a period for a guy is having sex with a girl on her period. That would be gender normative. I think the the equivalent. What is the equivalent for I'm a guy? Sitting here, I, 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 I'm sitting here right now trying to figure out what that is. Once a month, the moon comes around like a big pizza pie, Gaia. and you and something in you changes. And suddenly you are not open to advice. <laughs> suddenly you are. You it's are fine. Hot, you are fine. Hot baths and yelling. <laughs> Everything is fine. Yeah. No, no, that happens to me all the time. Hot baths and yelling. You just, you just, you just drew two sides of my triangle. Where's your parade? <laughs> I, you know, it's not an equivalent, but that's, that's the challenge really. I don't know. I mean, you know, something like a wet dream, that's kind of a whole different deal. I never had one of those. Never had one in my life. You never had one either? Nope. See, I'm not even sure they exist. I don't believe they exist. Oh, you think it's like the uh, female orgasm, like a a mass hysteria? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like the G spot. It's something (laughs) that was invented by Masters and Johnson. (laughs) It's like snipe hunting. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like you take a girl down to watch the submarine races. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm saying, you, okay, you get a boner. You're having a dream of, of a sexy time. Check. And then you just like come all over your bed. It's, it seems impossible. I have to tell you, I, I am very reluctant. You know what? I'm, I'm an older man now and I'm not as embarrassed about as many things. Right. Uh, and I'm just here to tell you, maybe I just got, maybe my timing was impeccable and my slugging percentage was high because uh-huh. I never have experienced that. No. So you're saying your timing was impeccable in the sense that you became a man and then you immediately, your slugging percentage was high. You immediately started putting it into girls. You never had a period where you were just lying around. I've sleeping. never, I've never had a period, but, but, but here's, here's the thing. My, my thinking is maybe if the timeline had been just a little bit different and I had become self-educated a little bit later, mm-hmm. maybe I would have busted a pool, but yeah. I have never, I have never busted a pool. Well, and, you know, I was aware of, obviously we were all aware of Playboy magazines a long time before we knew what anything was. Yeah, but to, to me, it was like a socket wrench. I just didn't know what to do with a Playboy. Yeah, it was like, here it is. It's, I mean, you, I just wanted to look uh, at the cartoons. My friends kept <laughs> flipping to the boobies and I just wanted to read the cartoons. You know what to do with a Playboy when you're eight years old? You, you read, hide it. You read the stereo. It's, it's a thing to hide. Yes. It's a thing you know you shouldn't have. And that that is sexually exciting. But uh, I, I became aware of dirty movies. I've told you about visions. Sure. This is the, uh, the you had the crazy. This is an anchorage. Yeah the 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 crazy uh, the crazy the crazy like, cable with the the dishes and the yeah the crazy cable with the dishes and I saw for my the first time a dirty movie called the Great Texas Dynamite Chase. Have I told you about this movie? <laughs> if you have, I've forgotten. It. The Great Texas Dynamite Chase was a movie <laughs> that was the first time I ever saw boobs in motion. Oh, and man. It, it was it was one of those seventies kind of soft core pornos like a cinemax yeah that tried to have a plot but also had simulated sexual encounters and it was about a i say I'm, i haven't seen this movie since i was 10 years old but it was about just give me the high level on the it plot. was about a guy who was kind of like a a, a luke duke a boat maybe it was more of a bow duke he was one of the duke brothers type of guy and he was on the lamb from the cops and he picked up two hitchhikers in Daisy Duke shorts, and they went on a bank robbing spree or something, and the cops were chasing them, and they were and they used dynamite. Dynamite was their weapon. They That's right the, in your wheelhouse. They it was I was so excited. I'm watching, you know, I put the channel, I changed the channel into that in-between two channels thing where the cable dirty movies came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here's this movie where this guy is driving around with these two beautiful girls, and they are blowing shit up right and left, blowing up cop cars, blowing up cabins, and then and then they have simulated sex. And I knew what I wanted to do as yeah. I grew up. You wanted to be the English guy with the uh, suitcase full of bombs, <laughs> it, but it never happened for me exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, Isn't but, that the way? I've never seen that movie since, but I rem- it's burned into my head. The Great Texas Dynamite Chase. I don't even. I don't think it's like one of the great films. I, but I haven't even gone on Netflix to see if it's there. Does Netflix God. have dirty movies? I don't um, think they... I you know in a nuanced way they don't they don't have like canonically dirty movies. 
Mm. You know, a lot of that stuff, it's like the old uh, kinescopes or the Doctor Who's that they, the Doctor Whom's that they, they throw away. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff you just can't get anymore. Like, right. I, I see for me, we, there was this, this wonderful window, uh, 1982 or so. I don't know how this happened because we were not a wealthy family, but we had cable mm-hmm. with Showtime and HBO. I think it was like $15 a month for what, our cable. What happened to yeah, you? Yeah, and MTV. Yeah. But, um, you know. So you saw some simulated sex, is what you're well, saying. Well, most, well, yeah. Um, most importantly, that is, that's what, you know, so much of the stuff we talk about, uh, stuff I talk about with everybody, it got burned on my brain. That's right. where, that's where Stripes, um, right. Benny Escape, Hill show. Escape from New York. Like, oh. oh, yeah, Benny Hill. I mean, that all got so I, alien, like movies I would just watch literally six times in a month. Right. Sure. Cause they were, they were just on. <clears throat> Yeah. constant rotation and then you know there's always the you know the joke like cinemax after dark or whatever but there truly used to be something i think it was actually showtime after dark but anyway the point was that there would be the kinds of movies you're talking about and for me uh there were movies the camera would pan down and they would be having the sex and they'd be panning down and you'd be like <gasps> i'm about to see it i'm about to see some and then it would like and that frustrated you yeah then it would cut to like some flowers wilting in a and vase you're like where's the dynamite you're like, who's who's the director? First of all, who's our director? You stuff? didn't know what you were going to see with that I was that like, they, you need, that needs to, if you're going to cut, at least cut to a locomotive <laughs> going might, into a tunnel. It might as well have been Cthulhu. Like, you don't know what's down there. <laughs> no, that's the problem. I'm Whoa. like, I'm going to see, I'm going to see. And then it's like, you There's know. There's so many movies they make you watch in school, but they're all like, like line art cross sections. It's like, I've never seen a woman with like a cross section fallopian tube. I, don't, I couldn't locate that on a body. You know what I mean? All those ridiculous well, I can't films. Now, really? Well, because you know, alternative rock. I, I think, mean, you have hmm. to learn stuff. That's where the G spots down in the tube. You know right? what I mean? You're looking for the G spot, and you find a bunch of other stuff. That's a good point. You know, you know how there's the the bit like the the cliche in like standard shitty porno movies is like, oh, it's a pizza delivery man or the cable sure. guy. I'm here to fix Dinah Cable. You're talking about cliche, I thought that's. I mean, I think that's how half the babies are made in America still. And, you know, and it's, it's tough, turns out, because of all the people canceling cable, the birth rate is plummeting. Pizza, <laughs> not popular. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm here to deliver a diner gluten-free option. But, but the, the, the problem, the, the, uh, the, we, are, we are touching on a major problem for me uh, in my mind, which is that, and you, you and I have both have this problem, and you are in advance of me in being a father of a daughter— and uh, my whole life, uh, you know, women have been uh, the, very confusing. They have been uh, some people that I admire. Uh, they've been pe- some people that I have, uh, you know, I have entanglements with. Talk, they, talk to some of them. I talk to them occasionally. Mm-hmm. They, I objectify them all the time. Yes. And now I have a uh, daughter and none of those methods. I, am, I, I have no interest in objectifying her. I struggle to talk to her still. Because she's two and a that, half. That, that'll get better. But um, I mean, she'll I, talk. I, she'll talk more. You know. I look into the future, uh, her future, as a as a young woman, and then as an adult woman, and I am trying to. I'm struggling to try and and be um, try try and figure out like what how I can help her do this, and I'm I'm scared to death. I am too. I am too. But um, I I uh, oh, just to close the one thread. So so as. Pizza delivery is to actual shitty porn. I think having some kind of a charity event is to cable porn. That's all I wanted to say. Because for me, it was a movie. I think I want to say, I can't find it on IMDb. I think it was called Hots with Uh like inter periods, forgive my saying, Uh like MASH. Uh I guess those are asterisks. Uh And it stood for? 
it stood for ladies playing softball to save an orphanage or something. Oh, and there's a lot so, of and running short, short. and jiggling. And yeah. uh, no, here's the thing. I um, I think I told you the story. But when um, when my when my lady got you know in that way, uh, her, her family threw us a lovely. Uh, so when she got softballed by daddy. Huh? title uh we we uh they threw us a wonderful uh baby shower up in rhode island and we went there it was great and my my one of my favorite family members my uh brother one of my one of my brother-in-laws is, is standing outside the door he's already three sheets to the wind yeah and he's like enjoy it while you can i'm like hey john how's it going uh, <laughs> like that, we, uh, we walked up no he's awesome he's awesome <laughs> he's like a successful lawyer and he goes enjoy it while you can because believe me it changes wait till she hits about 11 yeah, with, oh. the, with the sexting and the pictures and the snaps, snap, oh, no. snaps. And, 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 and the thing is, though, this guy is part of – so my wife is the youngest of seven. But like all of her older brothers and sisters – Yeah. and this is not about them. This is about the Fleetwood macification of the 1970s. They should all be fucking dead. Sure. These guys are now worried about like taking photos of your cooch. Yeah, yeah. And they were permanently drunk driving through all of the 70s. It's true, but you, you know have to remember I mean? about the 70s. First of all, there was 3.2 beer. Oh, second, like, second they of call all, it a near beer. Second of all, the weed, the weed was a lot mellower weed. It was real serious, some shake shit. You know, you'd roll up a big fat doobie, you'd smoke <laughs> it all day, and maybe you'd feel a little iry. It's not like the hardcore shit. I that and we I have do. never felt iry. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, how they did, were, we, they how were did like, any of us survive the 70s? Well, and like, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we were talking about dodging a bullet. Like, you know, we're from the time, I don't know if they did this at your school, but it was when, like, around the time of like my sophomore year, drunk driving was like the cause celeb. Right, where they man. would drag a, like a, like a, like a, a dare. Dare, sure. You got the dare, but they would like you know there'd be the big campaigns on on campus. Oh, sure, they'd bring a wrecked crash car, car. And put it in the gym. Yeah. right, right, right. We had to like you know peel a kid out of this what was left of him, you know. Uh, but but I'm serious. It's anyway. I I I worry about that uh, for the most selfish reason, which is yeah. I'm not sure how I will handle it, and yet I feel like you know there's not that much you can do about it. You try to equip a kid to not be a, a dumb shit. But, you know, but, but it's, it's ironic to me that this guy who's now an extremely successful personal liability lawyer is worried about my daughter's future when he yeah. was out there, like, yeah. literally drinking a case of beer a night. Well, I mean, I'm going to equip my daughter with flamethrowers, but but what I think that, <laughs> I think what worries us is that... The, la- the lady flambeau. <laughs> although, although we were, I mean, in the 70s and 80s, like, consuming massive... Uh, quantities of drugs and alcohol all the time and unsupervisedly like driving muscle cars, which, you know, which cannot turn once they are moving in a straight line Uh, with driving muscle cars, 120 miles an hour with the headlights off and other wonderful things that characterize the eighties. We were still all more or less in the dark about sex, even after the sexual revolution. I mean, at least I feel like, like we were much less aware of like the whole panoply of sex. I certainly was. Well, Maybe I'm just speaking from first personal experience. You're not, but uh, let's the elephant in the room is herpes and then AIDS. Herpes I mean, from, and the, AIDS. from the time, from the time junior herpes became a thing, 
yeah. uh, that everybody knew about when I was in like junior high. And all you needed to know about, like, I, I feel like I knew more about herpes than I knew about vaginas. All I knew was there was this thing that was going to happen to you. It was yeah. going to fuck you up for the rest of your life. Oh, and now, by the way, AIDS. Right. And herpes was, herpes basically made a, a, uh, like 10 really painful vaginas on your penis. <laughs> That was what herpes did. It made little, little, little burning vaginas all over your penis. They call it a, uh, a decagyno. And then AIDS. And we'll then just, AIDS. And then, and then AIDS. AIDS and we didn't everybody. know. We didn't know what caused it. Anyway, I, I agree with you. It's another one of those things that like skipped a generation. If you look but at, the, but the kids, the kids with the pictures of their of their uh, of their nakedness. Cooch. Well, just let's even just say nakedness. Let's just say like. Like, like even, t even girls take teenage girls taking pictures of their boobs. Oh, like they take a selfie in a bikini. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, yeah. this is not a thing that I am happy about, uh, as a, as a father. Oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to be terrible at it. We were downtown last week and my daughter was wearing her, her Spider-Man hoodie and I corrected three, I angrily corrected three different people go, Hey, Spider-Girl. I'm like, fuck you. It's Spider-Man, asshole. <laughs> Spider-Girl's Spider awesome. Well, especially one's better than the other. But, like, but you know, at least Spider-Woman. Like, but, like, you know, she's she's Spider-Man. Like, let her be Spider-Man. That's fine. Right. Stop being so gender normative is what your homemade t-shirt should say. Can I see a question about selfies? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. I know a lot about them. Okay, there's a lot of pictures of ladies taking pictures in their bathroom. Right. Why do they look at the screen instead of the lens? They, 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 this is the, this is because you thing. know they take, because you know they're taking more than one. You learn this yeah. in the live journal days. You take six or 15 and you do the one with the least meat beard and that's yeah. the one you put up, right? So the they're thing, not, the, they're, they're taking 10 probably, but, but like, like, can't you just get it like tap to like get the focus and then look at the lens like a gentleman? No, but this is the problem because girls of that generation, if they look at themselves in the mirror, they automatically make a duck face. <laughs> And so you don't want a duck face picture no matter what. And so looking right. at the looking at the little screen, seeing yourself at one remove, you're like somehow it, it breaks the duck face spell. It's if I were the kind of person that still read Roland Barthes, like I would think about this a lot because <laughs> like the whole act of taking a photo of yourself in a mirror, like as a thing. And I mean, you could almost like, you could take 500 selfies, adjust them for size. And they would basically be exactly the same silhouette. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? They look pretty much exactly the same except well, for the I, cosplay or the boobs. And, and they're always looking at the screen. Yeah. My, my feeling about, uh, my feeling about, um, selfies taken out of context is that they're meaningless out of context. And that in fact, the point of a selfie is never, the photograph itself, but it is, it is, it is that it is happening in real time and that the person who is sending you this picture, you know, is at that moment somewhere across town or across the world getting naked for you now. Oh, it's, it's intimate and timely. Right. So, so the picture itself is kind of a, it's, if you go back and look at them later, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of not a very good picture, and yeah, but that's kind of like turning not, in, now. It's not happening. It's kind of like turning turning in your your papers late, where like it's a kind of a way of saying like, like yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a form of procrastination <laughs> where you could say like, well, I could have done better if I had another week, but I did it all like as as an uh, all nighter. In this case, well, I was in a fucking bathroom. Of course, yeah. I look like that. Yeah, but I but I but I really think like in the moment 
in the immediate moment of a sexual exchange over texting, mm-hmm. the point is just that. The point oh. is that it is a form of communication, not an actual form of pornography, which is why taking those pictures out of context and sharing them on 4chan <laughs> is like... Are you still looking at that? It's just terrible. I mean... I have to I I have to maintain my relationships with my online uh, community. This is your Pete Townsend uh, albatross because, to bear because, well, it's not just there. It's the Star Trek forums. It's a lot of forums. I have to you know it takes up half my day. <laughs> I did some um, <clears throat> a little bit of light consulting for an independent record label a few years ago. Hmm, and interesting. One of the things that I said to them was. At the time when something like this would sound slightly profound, uh, rather than just merely obvious today, which is that to understand uh, most people on the internet, it's it's useful to understand, instead of thinking about things in terms of like what it is you have to sell, it's useful to remember that everybody out there is grooming a new version of their personality in real time in front of people. Mm-hmm. That, that it, it, you know, in order to really understand like how people use the internet or at the time MySpace was really big, <clears throat> you go to those horrible pages with the flashing things and the dancing bananas and all of that. And like yeah. every single bit of bling on that page was about a brand association of some kind. It was about, yeah. I mean, even it wasn't a, you know, like Coca-Cola, it was a way of saying, I align myself with this. And it's like, how do you, uh, how do you make yourself the kind of person or the kind of company that somebody would want to align themselves with? And right. I, I believe that more than ever today. It's like, there's so much branding and, uh, and you know, and a selfie is a good way to brand. I'm just saying. I, I, today I, I, uh, you know, I'm looking for an old suburban. This is, I have decided. <laughs> you, mean, I, you mean like a widow? <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean one of those really, really, really I'm giant. Looking for a, yeah, I'm looking for a guy with a rake <laughs> who's going to stand in my front yard. <laughs> Ms. Mrs. Nelson, can I come in? <laughs> no, I've decided, you know, I've been looking at classic cars on the internet for 15 years before there even was an internet. And, and I realized the other day I was driving down the road somewhere in some rental car and some guy blew past me in a you know in an Austin Healey and i said i'm not getting any younger like i am already over the threshold where it where i'm no longer a young guy in a hot car i'm i'm already a middle-aged guy in a hot car and i don't even have a hot car yet mm. and what i don't want to be is one of these guys that that you know that that looks like uh, looks like uh, what, what's the guy who says diabetes? <laughs> was, <laughs> Wilford, in... Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. I don't want to look yeah. like Wilford Brimley in a in a hot car. You see those guys all the time, where you're, you're, you're driving up and you're like, "Wow, nice Camaro!" And then you look inside, and it's a seventy six year old guy with diabetes, <laughs> and you're like, "Boo!" <laughs> you're gonna die in that car, Boo! sir. <laughs> you know, because you keep. I keep. Because of because I grew up in that era, I keep thinking that the only guys driving around in in cars with Krager rims or like like any kind of car with SS on the back, you're going to get up next to him and it's going to be a guy with a ducktail and a pack of cigarettes rolled up. It's going to be Harrison Ford t-shirt. or possibly Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, right. And then you get a you get up next to him and it's all these. Ah, oh, these just decaying corpses. I don't want to be that guy, but I've been looking at classic cars for so long, like I've lost, I've somehow lost the ability to choose. So I decided the other day, I want a classic Suburban. Uh, like Those a, things are so big. A big four-wheel drive Suburban. And <clears throat> I, my, my taste in Suburbans is very specific. 
I want a three-quarter ton Suburban. I'm not going to bore you with this, Marlon. No, no, no. I want to hear. Three-quarter ton four-wheel drive Suburban uh, between the years. I mean, there's and there's two different body styles. I, li- I like the, the late 60s, early 70s Suburbans. I'm just they glad you found a hobby. They only have three doors, but it's the three very cool doors. And then I also like the, the, the mid-70s Suburbans, the first ones I fell in love with, 72 to 79 or whatever. Anyway, the problem with loving these cars is that they were flogged to death by people. You know, like you didn't buy one of these Suburbans and polish it and keep it in your garage. You went and joined the Forest Service or you went and took it to to tree at Nam. Like you, or, <laughs> to tree at Nam? <laughs> you went to out to fucking nowhere land and But you would a, use it for real actual stuff. You would real use it for real actual stuff and then the thing would the at the exact moment that the rust ate it from within, it also would fall apart from outside and it would just be a pile of dust. So there are very few of these things left. All by way of saying today I was sitting at home and I was like I wonder if somebody just owns the URL oldsuburban.com. And so I typed in oldsuburban.com, but because I am an old man, I didn't put it in up to the URL bar. I actually typed oldsuburban.com into Google. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the first couple of sites that came up that weren't pay advertisements, I clicked on the first one. And it took me to a site that had not been updated since 2001. Oh. And it literally had dancing bananas. Wow. You found like and, a time capsule. And like little flat, like little animated flash. Did it say last updated on the page? It did. It did. Oh. It, was, it said like, you know, this site was constructed in June of 1999. Last updated. Did it have a little, little counter at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, a little counter. And it, the site was so hard. It was so hard to even be there it was it was hard it it wasn't just that it was hard to navigate or understand it was impossible to do either thing but it was hard even to be there with all these little things moving and little 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 question marks and things written in flashing lights under construction yeah and it was it was like oh shit that's right that used to be the internet everywhere you went i always figure figure that i have really i I get involved in those sites because i find them hard to look at too not just visually but like my mind races because like i'm a story guy like there's always i'm wanting the story so first of all i figure the person's dead Right. And, and nobody, it, it's probably like an, uh, like a university account. Like it's taking up almost <laughs> no space. There's zero bandwidth. Yeah. And like, it's like, you know, at a Tilda suburban guy, PhD. And you know, he's been dead. <laughs> he's been dead from heart disease <laughs> since nine 11. Like nobody, uh, n- nobody's updating the site. Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, and I always think of like, Oh my God, I'm going to find typos and there's going to be no way to fix them. It's, it, yeah. it, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Our next door neighbor, when I was a kid had a suburban oh. and it, and this is a, we had a house, you know, this is in the seventies. It was an old house, but like this thing barely fit in the driveway. It was so yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was almost like a bus. Yeah. My, my friend Kevin had a suburban in the very early eighties and it was school bus yellow. And he was just a little teenage kid, uh, you know, 16 year old kid. And we would go out in that suburban and he had, by the time he was 16 years old, he had such control over this vehicle. We would be speeding along down the street in Anchorage, and they would have, you know, they would have kind of plowed the snow into a center berm that sometimes was four feet tall of snow between the lanes of traffic. And Kevin could 
you know, at 60 miles an hour, pop the Suburban up, high center it on this snow berm, kick on the, you know, it had the, uh, the emergency brake was a, was a pedal on the like floor. Like where it would be, where a clutch would be. Right. To the kick left. on the emergency brake and flip this Suburban around like it was pirouetting like a ballerina. Mm. All four tires, you know, going in different directions, and he he could balance this suburban on its front bumper. He was in, he was incredible in this truck, and I remember riding, you know, in the passenger seat. And this was before any of us ever wore seatbelts either, so we were sliding around like ball bearings, and just thinking like, this is the greatest. It is great to be an American. This is the greatest time to be alive. We are listening to the Scorpions, and we are driving the Suburban, and and no one can stop us. We are we are driving the Suburban like the Millennium Falcon, and and I think it it stuck in me. And now I'm having a midlife crisis. Now I'm in my forties, and I want to I want to get that Suburban, exactly that Suburban, and just drive around. This feeling, is your Lolita. It is my Lolita. I want that big, freaking truck. This, you know, of all, the, of, seven all the, miles to the gallon. of all the idiotic things that you could do, and there are really literally so many, this is a good one. I mean, it's, it's probably pretty safe for, at least for a car from the seventies. <laughs> I'm looking at one right here. This is the GMC carryall. Oh, oh I love this. that. I love it. But the th problem is there's a lot of two wheel drive ones out there and I, I don't see. want a two wheel drive truck. Gosh, there's a you lot can of get a six, well, you can get a V8 in this. Oh yeah. Oh brother. Yeah. You can option those all Three-speed manual, four-speed manual, power glide, and turbo hydromatic. I just want something with a turbo hydromatic in it. That sounds nice. It's a nice transmission, I got to say. God, this thing is gorgeous. You should, John, you should do it. I, you know, can I just give you a suggestion? Yeah. Uh, two directions. No, num number two, just get a Suburban. I mean, it can't cost that much. You know, and if it doesn't work out, get another one, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Get the other you're one, right. I, uh, number one, I've told you about this. My friend Chris from, from college had an Austin Healey Sprite. You oh, yeah. would look great. You would look so large in an Austin Healey Sprite. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually partial to the big Healys rather than the little Healys. Give me, but a, yes, give me I a model agree. on that. What do you what, what do you call that? Uh, you know, the you know, like the 100. Put in a. Is that what Paul uh, McCartney died in? What did he die in? Paul McCartney died. I thought he died in a Volkswagen Beetle. He blew his mind out in a car. 28 if would have been. Yeah. Okay. Mm. God, these are handsome cars. <gasps> yeah, they are. And the the big Healys are are like uh, they're proper. Like a Sprite, I think I would it would it'd be a little clown car, but a big Healy, I would be I'd be feeling very strong. It was like it was like being in a Mountain Dew can. One time in Sarasota, we were at a light and and uh, we're lower than like a driver's side window, yeah. and and Chris says, uh, "You see that Yamaha over there?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "That's got a bigger engine than this." <laughs> right, and 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 the the, the big Healy, the we can the push one... start it. We can just push start it any time. We just they pop have, it into they, gear. They have like uh, six cylinder motors, and they're still not that big a car. But they're so they, light. They, they're so deadly. Yeah, they don't all have six cylinder, but they, but anyway, those cars now are priced. Like I saw, I was driving down the road not very long ago, and I saw a kid who had to be in high school still, seventeen years old, mm -hmm. driving. Uh, an Austin Healey 3000 with his high school girlfriend sitting next to him, their hair blowing in the wind. And you know that his father is some kind of criminal defense attorney <laughs> or worse. And they live in a big house with a water ski boat uh, <laughs> parked out front. Cause it's a, it's a waterfront house. And he's driving this Austin Healey to town because his dad threw him the keys and said, you know, go crazy junior prom or whatever. 
And I really wanted to run this kid off the road. <laughs> it, 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 it just wasn't right. It was isn't that, some isn't that nine, frustrating? Some 90210 shit that shouldn't happen in Seattle. And typically I don't allow it, but... Yeah, you know, I think that's the kind of thing you should you should you should be on top of. There's a there's a I I you know, as you know, John, I'm trying to grow as a person, yeah. and uh, I'm I've set aside. I say I say leave it to the Schadenfreude. Leave it, Scheisse. leave it. <laughs> but uh, there's a, a Tumblr I follow uh, called I think it's called Rich Kids on Instagram. Uh, somebody can- sent somebody sent me a link to that back when I was I, I was I was making it my thing to tweet every once in a while. Like nobody has it easy. It, 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 life, life is hard for everybody. Like, stop, stop thinking that anybody is right. Every, everyone has their reasons. Everybody's got a. Everybody wakes up in the morning and goes, "Oh boy, here we go." And a lot of people were 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 really pushing back on this idea. Like, no, you're wrong. There are people that have it easy. And I was like, no, there aren't. Like, ev- like, like Eric Clapton's son fell out of his hotel window. Right. Like everybody's got a tragedy and just being rich doesn't solve anything. And people were like, no bullshit. And I got sent a lot of links to this rich kids, Tumblr, rich kids on Instagram, Tumblr, where there are all these, you know, smug little twerps taking pictures of themselves in their dad's plane. And I, you know, I, I spent 20 minutes on that thing. And I was like, I never saw so many miserable people in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's like these kids like check out my watch or whatever. It's like, oh my god, you could. Yeah, I, I saw a photo today of a guy wearing three watches. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there are a few things in life um, more uh, lonely uh, than being unsympathetic. Well, no, I, I mean, I'm being I'm being honest. It's yeah. that's the problem. That's exactly what the problem is. Is you would hesitate to go. Well, I I agree. It's, it's true. It sucks to be unsympathetic. It's call it a first world problem or a white wine. Like you know, everybody does have their problems. I'm not I'm not trying to side with the Rolex oh, guy. Wait a minute, Dude, white wine. W H I N E. It's I not yeah, that's heard. not mine. That's not mine. Yeah. White wine. Pretty good, huh? Boy, they really. Um. Oof. I saw one of a guy, I think it was a selfie, or maybe he had his 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 black man ticket for him, but it was him in bed with three different <laughs> bottles of like like uh magnums of costly uh uh-huh. brands of champagne. Like he was uh-huh. and he's taking a fake nap with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's having a great time. That guy's li- he's really he's there's enjoying nothing, life. There's nothing wrong with that guy that could not be <laughs> solved by a couple good ass kickings. <laughs> yeah, I mean I can't help but think that. Uh, that there is no one on Instagram that is really living a good life. I tried it. <laughs> I tried. It. I tried it. I mean? like, no, like, I tried it twice. I tried it twice for. The, see, also uh, independent uh, uh, label consulting. Like, boy, talk about like a, a vision of your life. I mean, how many desaturated pictures of birds on a telephone wire do we need? You well, know? I'm, I'm I'm increasingly feeling like. I've I've always felt like I lived somewhat in a ghetto of a certain kind of people, a certain kind of thinker being like associated with a university, wearing a guitar for wah, a living, wah, first you know. world problem. <laughs> but but now my life on the internet, I I am really seeing the borders of it and realizing that Oh, I'm not sure that this I'm not sure that this is the enlightened and beautiful capital of of uh future town 
that everybody here thinks it is, it feels a little bit, uh, it feels like a bunch of, um, as Kurt Vonnegut said, a bunch of bacteria uh, drowning in their own shit <laughs> and, uh, and not realizing that they're making champagne. I don't, I don't know if, if, uh, if the internet is positive, Merlin. I don't know if it's, I don't, I'm not sure right now if it is positive. That if, uh, that it is, if, if you'll forgive me, a net positive. That it is a net positive. I, 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 I imagined the internet, the, the first time I heard about it, Back in the late eighties or I told you about it in two thousand eight. I think you told me about you. You you specifically told me about the actual internet in two thousand eight. But when somebody when 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 somebody first whispered in my ear the idea of the internet, you know, I imagined just as every futurist imagined, like the sum total of human knowledge, a a free and a completely free and neutral space where. Where intelligences can mix with one another, unencumbered by their by f- like their physical attributes, or unencumbered by their class. It's, it's kind of or- like Tron, but a library. Like it would be this completely blank space where this pure white desert, where like like it could all be fresh and new and intelligent. Right, Tron Library. Hmm. Exactly. And now it seems more like kind of a swap meet at an old drive-in that uh, seems more like a cubert rectory a swap swap meet at an old drive-in where there are a lot of people playing like uh three card monty and and yet also there's like that uh that hovering uh billboard the the flying billboard from Blade Runner, or maybe like Minority Report, like all the ads are yelling at you, kind of. Thing. Yeah, the the ads are yelling at you. That's that's exactly. What, do, right. do you have a sense of? Uh, I think this is a very interesting uh, thing. Uh, although we try to avoid talking about the internet, uh, yeah, right. what wh- is there something specific that you came across, <sighs> or, or well, a, a certain uh, movement? I think it's the. I think a, a little bit. It's like the yelling chamber. Like I, I feel it in in your and my conversations, uh, in the sense that. I have I have always been I've always self-identified as a radical but I've also always been very impatient of the kind of like um the kind of institutional radicalism that characterizes the left right so so you you want to disassociate yourself with people on the left who are saying that we you know that uh that that Christopher Columbus is, is, was a was a genocidal maniac or whatever you want to say. All right, all right, all right. Right. We we've we've all we've all read it, but it doesn't make it true because somebody wrote it, and like that that kind of uh, that kind of like the 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 hyper righteousness of the edge. Does a lot of it, it does a lot of work of pushing the boundary, but it also devalues the inside, you know, the 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 middle fringe, which you know, which is actually like getting work done. But the problem now is that that on the internet, if you if you take a stand anywhere against the fringe, 
you are posited immediately as a member of the opposite fringe, you know, or there's no, like the nuance is getting beaten out of everywhere, except in these little pockets, like, like you, like on Matt Howie's site or whatever, there are places where people are talking, but they increasingly feel like little domes of silence where like a very few people walk in and they check their, their swords and their pistols at the door and they say, for the amount of for the for the time that I'm going to be here, I agree to these rules of decorum, and I agree not to te- not to call anyone a Hitler or a baby raper, <laughs> not to write in all caps, and I'm going to do and I'm going to agree to that here while I'm here in this protected space. But the rest of the t- the rest of the internet and everywhere you go, because because you you follow a news story, you end up on a news site. It's talking about. You know, oh, this funny lady, she rescues bats for a living. And you're like, I watched the video and this lady's rescuing bats. How cute. And then you scroll down. You make the mistake of scrolling down. And the first comment says, if it wasn't for Obamacare, bats wouldn't get sick. Oh, nice bat. Did you know your shirt from Gap was made by children? <laughs> and like, what? just and, and you check and there's 1,500 comments. Thumb, and thumb, all, thumb, thumb, thumb. And, you're, and, and you just feel like. Oh, there is, unless I am prepared to go into an ivory tower somewhere on the internet to talk to people, there's nowhere to be where, where it isn't just, where you're not, you're not oscillating between like clickbait news item, pop-up ad, people screaming at each other about uh, uh, ignorant people screaming ignorantly at one another. And, and making people ignorant. I yeah, mean, and I, everybody, I, I, you have to be, and that—that that is the—that's kind of the um, the cover charge to, to come in. That's that's like the, it's like the two asshole minimum. Like to get in, you've got to be willing to get involved in that particular way, and the subtlety subtlety is just not possible. But what I found was I was walking down the street, my normal in normal life, and I was kind of wrestling with these. Question: the, what, what, uh, Wrestling with feeling like I was at at the age of forty four, I was at a point in my own life where where a natural kind of conservatism is starting to enter my thinking. You know the 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 famous adage of like if you're not a liberal when you're a young man you have no heart, and if you're not a conservative when you're an old man you have no brain. Churchill, thank you. Um, and so this natural kind of conservatism that comes into your life when you're in your mid forties, where you just have seen enough and you look around and you go, yeah, all right, kid, but, but really here's how life works. And, you know, you you start to, you start to feel like you're, you're not willing anymore to be imposed upon so much you you start to appreciate a little bit of quiet and a little bit of comfort. I start to shake my fist at people whose stereos are too loud. It's a it's a kind of it's a kind of quality of middle age that I think you need to resist. You need to resist the this inexorability of of feeling like building a, a taller fence. And as I'm talking to myself and I'm resisting my own, my own natural sort of trend to personal conservatism, I'm, 
I'm feeling the templates of the internet in my mind. And I'm arguing with myself in the voice of these internet templates. And, and mm. I kind of jump back out of myself and I say, I reject this. I reject this model. I am not, it is, it, it, it is not a simple matter of either being like, uh, uh, you, you cannot accuse everyone of classism or racism or sexism who doesn't conform to the most radical interpretation of any scenario. There is a middle that is that is like really where we should all aspire to be. And, uh, and, and I just, so I heard the internet ringing in my ears as I'm walking along trying to navigate my own, my own, my own aging. And I went, Oh, there's, it's a bad influence. Like legit. Like it's, it's, um, unintentionally, uh, kind of slightly reshaped your, the way you frame these things or think about these things. Well, I, I feel like if, uh, because, because it is... that template, the, the term template is a, is a really interesting idea. Because what is a template? A template is an easy way to get started on something that could be complicated, and mm. and the more you use that template over and over, and and you know, let's be honest, you and you know, people like you and me are using that template or just using that that forum a lot. It's you know, it's not unusual at all. I mean, if you go if you go off for a weekend with your buddies and start saying you know cocksucker motherfucker a lot over and over and over, like you'll keep saying that for a day or two after you come home. That's right. Right. I mean, you go to another country, you 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 start picking up the language again that you didn't know you even remembered. So, I mean, if we spend uh, six to fourteen hours a day in that land of templates, it's not unusual at all that, to, to find ourselves doing that or thinking, "Oh, this is a thing I should photograph and post." Would be another example. I mean, yeah, you know, right. more lightweight example, but right. the same and way that it's, it's starting to change the way we think a little bit. Yeah, then you don't see things except in terms of, oh, I wish I had my camera. I wish I had, could photograph that and post it. Right. But but more importantly, I feel like I feel like people are not rewarded in on the internet. They are not rewarded for having middle middle opinions, middle brow views, or middle middle work opinions. You know, no one is rewarded for compromise or for trying to see both sides of the story. That is a thing that we all agree. You know, the person that's like, can't we all get along? Or let's, let's look at both sides of this. That person is shouted down immediately. Mm-hmm. And it, and the effect is and that's always that it, the, the always the most interesting part. Think about literature. Think about I interrupted you. I'm sorry, but no, but like in literature, movies, anything. The most interesting part is always that surprise of like a character, somebody who learns a little bit about themselves, right. and that's what a story is. A story is something started here and ended there, and we learn something about the character of the person by how they handled an impossible challenge, and sometimes that means really changing your idea about something. That that's what a story is. But yeah, or you, you can't or go off to, brand in, in to that. To be you, the to be the person who is like who uh, the, the the character in a novel who is for the most part totally disagreeable, maybe even evil, but they have a redeeming quality, and that's enough. You know, right. that's often enough to make a story and to make a and to make the world go round almost. And I and I feel like I feel like what what the internet is doing is it is. It is rewarding people for extremism in very subtle ways. And it is 
depriving people of the natural reward they should be feeling when they say, hey, actually, I kind of see both sides of this. And in the past, like, that's how civilization got built. People would get to a certain age and they'd go, actually, I kind of see the other side a little bit now. And everyone, everyone would stroke their chins and take another puff on their pipes. And maybe they would resolve that property difference or maybe they would resolve the, the, uh, you know, the question of whether the beer is too, too hoppy or whatever it is the problem <laughs> that primitive people had. And now we're, we're, we've created this place where it's like, this is where we're going to invest our time. This is where we are going to invest our intellectual energy. And, and the combination of anonymity and, the, and distance from one another, no physical consequences, no risk of a punch in the nose, we're creating a human environment where radicalism is rewarded. And that is going to have disastrous consequences. I, I agree. And part of the problem, and uh, I will literally beg you not to get me started on this, but uh, <laughs> that extremism and that radicalism, the problem with that is that it doesn't have a cost. And so um, I've been taken to task by many, many good-hearted people for saying that, like, <laughs> Martin Luther King would never have had an impact if he if he sat around eating fucking Cheetos and typing on Twitter or asking people to support his fucking fun run. He sure. got out there and he threw himself, you know, on the levers. And yeah, he threw in himself jail. On, yeah, I mean that's, I mean, and and that that is another kind of extremity. But I'll just just to make the one tiny point that will be hopefully tweetable, is is that. Um, the, the problem with the ex extremism and radicalism is it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And you still get to get your ribbon uh, for being the fucking, you know, Che Guevara in 140 characters, even though you haven't really done anything. And, yeah. and, and you get to sit there and then now you get to be some kind of like a sniper character trying to like pluck out people on the other side of the, uh, of the, of the DMZ who don't agree with you. And, yeah. and you stay entrenched and there's nothing to be gained by either developing a more nuanced or intelligent argument. And like the kind of problem that used to be mostly restricted to pro wrestling and Congress now goes everywhere because there's a, this permanent state of identifying and getting this personal branding. I hate that word, but it's true. Getting this kind of personal branding based on which kind of sniper you've decided to be and who you decided to pick off and who you high five for getting a shot off. Well, and it, and it doesn't cost a fucking thing. I've, I've found just personally, I've noticed that it devalues to the those instances where so, where somebody does really jump up and say something radical because they're immediately like dismissed as a troll so just personally i'm i am at a turning point in my life where i am having to say to myself on a kind of daily basis there is there uh, there's all, every day there's some reason why i feel like uh why i feel like the easy path in middle age is to confirm stereotypes confirm biases feel like feel like your experience your heart your hard won experience allows you to um, not, you know, not be tolerant, I guess. And that 
that you you turn a certain point, no matter what your your proclivities are, where you feel like I don't want to be I don't want to be taken advantage of anymore. I don't want to be a rube. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't want to be a fool, and that inevitably causes a certain hardening. You no longer give money to panhandlers where you once did. You no longer roll your window down to a guy running up on the street with a broken fan belt. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gradual process. I haven't, I I have done nothing but laugh in the face of anyone who approaches me holding a fan belt (laughs) for 15 years. But, but increasingly like, uh, this, this kind of, this battle I'm fighting against myself in, in the, just the kind of creeping transition toward comfort away from struggle and, hmm. and struggle rewards you in ways that comfort cannot and struggle requires that you not succumb to cliche that you not succumb to stereotype and you, and that is increasingly difficult, as John Hodgman is fond of saying. You cannot run as fast as you did when you were twenty, nor can you think as fast as you did when you were twenty. And so, it's it's additional work to wake up in the morning and say, "I am going to, you know, I'm going to approach every person as an individual today, and I'm going to take on these scenarios. I think I know the answer to already." And you know, increasingly, I find my online life is not especially helpful. And that, well, part of the problem, I you know, I'm reluctant at this point to to say the internet is a medium because it's a series of media. Correct. But, correct. but in in addition, I want to come back to that. But and I think if I was on MetaFilter exclusively, well, MetaFilter is no bargain. Sometimes, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a there's a lot of to, to quote the uh, the great drunk John Wayne during his Stanford commencement speech. I didn't <laughs> say I didn't say that for clapping. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard that on that celebrities at their worst? John Wayne is three sheets to the wind talking about these kids and they're definitely at a Stanford. Con- oh, I'll find it for you. It's oh, at the, around the time that they occupied Columbia. Or the yeah. the guys in like defecating in a drawer. Ah, no, I'm not saying that for clapping. The problem is, the problem is that radicalism, extremism doesn't cost anything, but empathy is expensive because empathy toward anybody, empathy doesn't mean you agree with somebody. It means you like feel for them a little bit. Like you understand, you under, like you want to understand that they're another human being. That doesn't yeah. make you a pussy to say that. That that means being an adult. It yeah, but I, most of the time it takes ten extra minutes out of your day. But that that'll get me back to the medium in a minute. But but I think I think part of the problem is that I, I mean I'll speak for myself. You've you've had a pretty flawless life, so you won't appreciate this. But like, <clears throat> I make so many fucking mistakes every day. I I misread things. I do dumb shit. I get mad at the wrong person. I do so much dumb stuff every day that it's made me on a good day a little bit more empathetic about how everybody has those days or decades. Right. But that doesn't that doesn't get you any three pointers on the internet. That that does not get you a thumb. You know? And and the, to the medium part, I'm I'm tempted to bring up a, a real uh, Godwin's uh, law here in the sense of pro wrestling. <laughs> like name your favorite pro wrestler uh 
who took 15 minutes to really explain things in a way that we could all understand, even if we didn't agree with it. No, you liked, you liked Ric Flair, or you liked Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I or, personally or, did not like Ric Flair. Yeah. No, no. I, he was he was part of a different tradition for me. I would love to talk about wrestling. But but to me that's I mean that that's a that's a careless uh thirty-five-year-old analogy, but I, I think it's true. I mean, yeah. I think you've got to pick your side. Like, are you gonna be a face or are you gonna be a heel? And then like, you know, who who are you gonna team up with, who are you gonna cheer for, and who you gonna hit with a fucking folding chair? Yeah. And you know, and wherever you go, even in the most subtle environment you know, Metafilter or whatever. I go into Metafilter sometimes. I don't look at it like I used to because it has gotten way too mean and snarky. And I will go in and just look at like most favorited posts. And <laughs> that'll be twice a month. I'll go and do it. Nothing. It's Matt. It's just that it's it's too big. You've lost that sense of, of, of personhood. We're all in our own little car honking our horns at people because of like a millisecond, you know, misdecision on their part. Yeah. Which I'm guilty of. Which I'm guilty of. But I mean like, do you want to get better at that? Or or do you want to get a louder horn? That's yeah. the problem. I mean, and as you get older, it's almost like, you know, you, you mentioned that Churchill thing. I think the Churchill quote was, I, I honestly did not look this up, but it's something like any, any man who's not a liberal by the time he's 25 is hard hearted. Any man who's not a conservative by the time he's 40 is soft headed. Something like that. Yeah. That's bu- it, it's something, better. something along. And well, no, but I mean, it's uh, the, the only point being that like, you know, it, there's always that thing. People say that old canard about how like all journalists are liberals and journalists will come back and say, well, no, it's just that we seem like liberals because we like asking a lot of annoying questions, yeah, which right. is something that liberals like to do. I think it's easy to say, oh, as you get older, you seem more and more like a conservative. And it's like, it's no, it's not that I'm becoming more conservative. It's just that I've seen a whole lot of, of your radical ideas. I've seen the ones that worked and it wasn't because they were radical that they worked. <laughs> it's because they were the right solution at the right time. Yeah. And, and, and the louder horn does not make you a more persuasive driver. He said, mixing several analogies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did, I'm just did, saying like trying to settle this shit 140 characters at a time is not a great place to try and settle it. Did you read Questlove's uh, essay? No. On the Trayvon Martin case? No, but I will. I'm getting a card. Uh, that's, was, uh, that's from the uh, Tribe Called Quest? Uh, Questlove. No, Roots. No, he's the Roots. The, he's, he's the Roots, the Roots, Roots drummer, drummer, but he plays on the uh, Jimmy Carson show. Oh, I know what you mean. You're talking about the Never Not Funny uh, uh, Fallon Pardo. That's right. Got it right here. Okay. Uh, but so he, he writes this very thoughtful personal essay in the style of someone who is, who is simply saying, here's how it is for me. Like, and he is, he, he, it's a very, it's a very, it's just a personal and touching anecdote that you cannot argue with. You know, it is not a political comment really at all, except that at the end, he kind of ties it to this national it's like conversation. A, per, per, a personal essay, as we used to say. It's a personal essay. And it's a personal essay that I, that I read and liked a great deal because it describes a, a kind of private experience that he's having as a large black guy with a gigantic afro and his his success and his fame and the fact that he is a beloved person uh, and now lives in a doorman building in, in you know in having achieved everything that he uh, set out to and more he still is subject to and he's very careful to describe it not as subjected to but just subject to 
a kind of treatment where people are scared of him because of how he looks and he's aware of it and has been his whole life, but it still, you know, wears him down over time in, in a way that everybody can relate to, you know, where he, and he's just telling this story and I read it and it was like, fuck it's if more people wrote with this kind of just simple candor, if our, if our national conversation included voices like this where they weren't where you know kind of like obama's speech to the same effect and so i anyway i posted this a link to this just like hey this is a great thing and uh i think everybody should read it and i immediately got a bunch of like again pushback in the form of well that's not the whole story and i was i was astonished at at how primed how primed the world is to reject even like the the best hearted attempts to say like that 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 uh, uh, we're not here to take your guns. You don't think that's the we're- medium though, John? I mean, you're you're putting it out you're putting it out there in you know it's uh, uh, to quote myself. You know the the internet is not what you have to say; it's what others have to say about you. It's like when you when you put something out there like that, even with the best heart, no matter who you are, it's going to be about somebody else coming back with whatever they think their thing is, even if they're a dumbass. I mean, that's, well, I mean, I, that's I not indicative, that, though. You know, I, I wonder if it if I mean in 1975, when Time Magazine was the only place, the the, the only national uh, den. Right, the only thing that everybody read. First of all, an essay like that would never appear in Time magazine. But also, we had no sense of we had no sense of the great hundreds of thousands of people who read Time magazine every week and threw it against the wall and said a bunch of Jimmy Carter liberal communists communists. <laughs> so we we have. Was that the police officer from Confederacy of Dunces? <laughs> communist. Some kind of Com- communist. Communist. Um, She's a grandma. And and so now, you know, now we have insight into all these do- dark corners. But but also, like, my the people who are following me on Twitter presumably are not a broad cross-section of America. They are a self-selected group of indie twerps and comedy computer nerds and people who are presumably people who are animating bird gifts to to appear (laughs) (laughs) you know bonobos uh uh, i've never i've never i know you weren't pointing i'm sorry john i know you weren't pointing that at me but i've never felt worse about three nouns than comedy computer nerd. God, that's depressing. It's a big part. It's a big part of my uh, demographic now. But even among those people, and this is what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I look at that guy who. Or I, let's take take one of the the, ten the, the person who responding died, to Questlove's who's just the, like Questlove link. And and you feel like okay, this guy. Is probably because he's following me on Twitter. He is probably not 
a, he is probably not a racist. He is probably not a uh, a gun nut in the Idaho mountains. He is probably a kid who feels like he has to, like you're saying, because of the medium, he has to take. He 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 feels like he has to take this oppositional position because there is no place to be there is no place in his world to read something and go hmm well that's interesting like he he lives now in a in he lives in a world where where he in in a certain in a certain extent like he has been called a racist so much for expressing like middle of the road views that he's beginning to feel like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I am, or maybe I, maybe there's some merit to that. You know what I mean? Like he is being pushed to the right by assist by, by, a, a, by living in a world where there is no room for him to be in the, you know, slightly to the right of the middle. I mean, I feel that more and more reading people on the internet who are taking, who are taking like stances that you really don't feel like they own, but, but that they've been nudged there by the, by the fact that there's no room to say, well, you know, there's, there's two sides to every coin. And I mean, obviously the Trayvon thing isn't what I'm talking about, but it doesn't cost anything. That's part of the problem. Yeah. None of it, none of it costs anything. And, and you know, it's, I don't know the first thing about economics. I mean, everything I know about economics, I've learned from Wikipedia, but that's you know, not, that's not true. You, you took me down to the university of San Francisco computer store because you knew. Oh, that's that right. I was going to have to, you know, I was going to get a better deal on my computer. I don't want to sound contradictory, John, but I think that's really more about uh, finance. No, I mean, the, the idea that things cost stuff, you yeah. know, it's, it's, um, I mean, that, that's, that's a big part of the problem is that it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything to be a radical. It doesn't cost anything to agree with this person there and agree with that person there. You know, it's, it doesn't, it's, there's nothing to it, but there's, uh, I don't know. I don't but know I'm where to I'm feeling begin. the cost. I guess this is the, this is what that's I'm That's because you actually fucking care and you, and you inhabit the, uh, the point of view that's costly. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. It costs. It makes a uh, it makes bruises mm. on my heart like an apple at the bottom of a bin. Hmm. Yeah. Stop there for a second. Uh marker there. I got to go I got to go pee. Can I call you back in a minute? Oh yeah, you don't want to just leave it running? No, I I don't trust this thing. Here's here's the primary problem I have shopping for a suburban on on the internet. Yeah. Uh, people who are selling old Suburbans are the number one, uh, they are the number one misspellers of the word original. <laughs> they all put it, they all put an extra O in original. And they, so it says original, 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 And so I want to buy this truck. And I and I and I click on it. And it says I have a lifted set. So anyway, no punctuation in this whole ad. I have a lifted seventy three suburban on thirty fives built motor has headers full exhaustee. 
with an E at the end. Fully exhausty intake carb has cam runs and drive great origanol paint. Has nice weld wheels and pretty good tires. Interior is like new, no rips or tears. T A I R S. Has ruber mate, no carpet. Has dual shocks. D. U-L-E, dual shocks, and has custom front drive line. Please call for more information. Have title in hand. In my name, I can text more picture. <laughs> I, I can text more picture. And, and I'm, I'm reading it. I'm just like... <sighs> <sighs> no, it makes you... I mean, we're older men. That makes us winded because <sighs> we've had poetry classes. You're, you're, you're reading that aloud in your head. Yes, I am. It doesn't and- scan well. <laughs> No, and, and, you know, and, and part of me feels like, uh, part of me feels like it's from Jabberwocky. And, 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 Twas, Twas original paint and had no tears. The tires were pretty good. You know, and, and, uh, part of, part of me thinks it's E.E. Cummings because there's, I mean, it's just, it might as well be. But, uh, but so, so I think about like, I'm going to call this guy. And talk to him about his truck. And I'm going to say, has full exhaust the intake carb? Has cam runs? Oh, God, you're that guy? <laughs> and No, I'm not going to be that guy, but I'm just going to be like, so how's it? How's the truck? And whatever he says, I'm just going to hear him speak with no punctuation right. and no, and not, and not know how to spell tear. Oh, it's got an e- e- exhauste from La Francaise. It's got exhauste. <laughs> you know what, though? I wonder if that's like fake. Um, oh, you fake- think that's like. Fake barn find. Okay, let me ask you this: How many guys who buy Harleys are in a motorcycle gang? Mm. Right? Yeah, zero. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should do it. I mean, uh, maybe tr- trade him for uh, like a Strunken White or something. <laughs> Tell you what, guy, I'm gonna I'll give you a thousand bucks less than you're asking, but I'm gonna I got a nice copy, a nice like lightly used copy of Strunken White. Omit needless words. <laughs> I have. I have. Uh, I have the Ann Landers Encyclopedia. Uh, that'll that'll the, everyone should read the Ann Landers Encyclopedia. I'll throw in some Irma Bombecks. I've realized how much my humor is becoming like Irma Bombeck. That's the problem with with aging and becoming conservative. Am I right? You start to you start to laugh about jokes about potholders. My new perfume is baby poop. <laughs> that's how i feel that's how i feel scott simpson first made that joke a while back he had kids before me so but that, that, i really feel like i like i'm an ongoing i'm an ongoing irma bombeck anecdote yeah i had my first experience today where i was that I, w- I went to my my luncheon with my young dad friends you know we have a group, we have a group of young dads what <laughs> we get together what are you called uh we're called the young dads <laughs> Uh, every, every, is that that every, Scott McCoy band? Average age is about forty-three. The young dads. Uh, the young dads and uh, the other guys in my young dad parenting group. Uh, their their babies are all much younger. They are all little babies, and so I've been up till now the one that's like, listen, it gets better, and here here's here's the here's the deal. <laughs> Just wait, you know, don't don't give them a pacifier because then they're going to be the pacifier baby. You're you so wise. Just, you want to just let them tough it out. <laughs> You're very wise. But today, it was the first day where, you know, where one of them has a little baby that's strapped into a carriage and can't move. And the other one has a baby that's so little that he didn't even bring it. He left it with the mom. And I'm the one with the two and a half year old sitting on my lap going, Daddy, we have to go. 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 And I'm like, hey, we're having lunch with some friends. And she's like, we have to go. 
we have to go. I'm like, we don't have to go. She's like, no, we have to go. And, and I'm realizing like, oh, now I'm the, now I'm the one with the kid who is behaving like a little person rather than a, a fat little bug in a basket. Now she's a little person with like, and, and, and my friends are in the same situation I was in two years ago where they're looking at me like, Hmm, boy, that kid's not turning out too good. And I'm like, ah, oh, my little, my little kid is, you know, now, now, you know, now, I'm, now my parenting is on display. Oh, oh, oh the, to, the, 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 the pudding is out there and the proof is just stuck in it like a, like a cinnamon yeah, stick. Yeah. I go to the supermarket Ugh. and, and she starts, you know, she starts yelling, uh, uh, you know, about uh, daddy's pee pee or whatever. Uh, and I'm like uh, looking around like, no, 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 it's not like that. We're just, uh, we, we're potty training. Oh no, we, we, we get a lot of penis talk. But there's, but there's already the cops of the sheriff's department uh, is already pulling We were up walking off. home from school the other day and she said her new band is going to be called, uh, uh, what was it? It was bird penis part fart poop. Hmm. And I was like, that's pretty good. Hmm? No, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say one thing about this. And I, I hope that this is going to be what I stand on going forward. I have, mm-hmm. I have <laughs> doled out a lot of fucking wisdom mm-hmm. about being a father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all along the way, people have kind of got, you said, you know, eh, you know, it's complicated. <laughs> you, know, you have to do it when you want. Oh, the thing is, you really need to. It's so beautiful. You know what? I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done being fucking wise. I, I know it's going to be, I'm pretty soon, I'm going to be like my, my brother-in-law with the drinks, except not successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, I'm gonna be <laughs> Enjoy all, a lot, lads. Enjoy a lot, lads. It's going to be all, he recommended three books to me before I could go in and like take a leak. He had yeah. books for me that I should get. Was he wearing a, a, a pink Oxford cloth shirt tucked into jeans? Um, Pretty close. Huh. Tassel loafers. Pretty, he was the quarterback in high school, but not, not a dork. I mean, like he, he was, he went to a really good school. He was a, he's a lawyer. He's a very, very smart guy, but like everybody with a, a daughter who's older than 10 or 11, he's broken by life. Oh yeah. I know that's coming. My daughter, oh God, I'm going to cry. Tom, uh, Wednesday is going to be our last daddy daughter comics day before she starts elementary school. And it's, oh. it's eating me up. Yeah. Is she going to wear, done. is she going to wear her Spider-Man costume to <laughs> which, her which one? <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> well, now she's into Project Runway. You know what? I'm done being wise and I'm done being sweet. I'm oh. done. I'm done. I have nothing yeah. to share. I have nothing to share except, you know, you're just going to fuck up a lot. That's all I got to say. That's like, yeah. be, be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already fine with it. And, you know, fortunately, uh, the child has a mother. That must, uh, but the thing is, John, so, so. that must grind your gears. I mean, you, your, your whole thing is, is, is predicated on the degree to which you can help people. It, yeah. it must drive you crazy to not be able to help her more. It seems like it must seem like just slightly out of reach. Well, this is, this is the problem. Like with, with other people, with fully grown adults, uh, uh, I try and to apply people on the internet <laughs> and people on the internet. I tried to apply a certain amount of helpful pressure. I realized the other day, Merlin, and this is a terrible thing. I am prejudiced against delicate people. You just realized that? Well, yeah, I didn't realize that it was a full-blown prejudice. Like, I felt like delicate people... <laughs> That's like Bull Connor going, I realize sometimes uh, <laughs> I'm a little uh, intolerant of niggers. <laughs> Del- delicate people, I guess I had not identified them as a subspecies. Are you kidding? <laughs> You're kidding. 
No, I'm not. I I I, I think I felt it's like the, one of sir, the strongest parts of your personality is uh, your complete lack of sympathy for delicate people. But I felt like some delicate people were were hardy people that just needed some help, and some delicate people were you know were legitimately delicate and needed to be protected protected from the sun, and that that was. Well, you mean like if some if a lady had chemo, like you'd give her a pass. Sure, or or there are bird people. Like hollow bones, uh, yeah. Who who have who are, are, have small bones, and I think what it was, uh, my mom speculates that uh, sometime in in human past, uh, people were selectively choosing a very delicate uh, women to be their kind of court uh, ladies, and then unfortunately, some little boys were born with this, were sim- with similar traits. Oh, you get like and- the uh, the Spanish aristocracy, right? Exactly. Yeah, you get exactly. You, you get the thin blood and the inbreeding. Thin blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but now I'm realizing like delicate delicateness, because and and I and I wonder whether it isn't that I am uh, that I am so sturdy that there's some kind of inner class issue dating back to like Britannia, where I where where I was bred to pull a plow. And I'm 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 mad at people who, where you can see the where you can see their little bird skulls and the you see the, the the blue veins through their translucent skin. I'm still mad at them because I feel like I'm still pulling a plow somewhat. Mm. But but anyway, the 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 pressure that I that I apply to the to the world in the in the hopes that I can make the the part of the world that that connects with me a little sturdier to its own benefit. I'm realizing that I cannot apply such pressure on my daughter past a certain point because she most definitely is who she is and any amount of any amount of pressure on her beyond just the just the normal pressure of you will call me sir in this house <laughs> but beyond that Beyond that, like trying to get her to be any kind of call person, me sergeant, I work for a living. <laughs> you will, you will call me hair professor doctor. <laughs> but beyond that, like trying to trying to shape her, like, hey, honey, I want you to consider the crew team, yeah, or or even you know, like she's already showing a preference for certain kinds of books over certain other books. It's just like okay, for, for gnawing. <laughs> no, you know, like po- you know, potty books. Like the this book, this potty book features a oh, pig. Like this board book over that board book. Yeah, this potty book features a duck. She prefers the potty book that features a duck rather than the one featuring a pig. And of course, there is one that has both ducks and pigs. That's bestseller. But you know what I'm saying? Like I can't. Uh, the, my instinct, which has always been to get right inside of people's heads and tinker. Now with this little person who has come to me uh, through through some magic witchcraft, mm. I realize I cannot tinker over much with her because I see how much of her. I, I think my suspicion with other people is that most of their weakness is a product of the of you know some pussy upbringing or some bullshit that they learned in college. Well, but, some and some bullshit they've been applauded for. Some bullshit that they've been applauded for. That's right. But, they never, they but, never had somebody take their pig book away and hit them with it. <laughs> but with this little person who has arrived, and I see that every, really every personality trait that she has 
is something that none, none of us can claim responsibility for. And I just am like, oh my God, get out of her way. Like, I must get uh, out of her way. Uh, and that said, is what's terrifying. Remember because, what I said a minute ago about how I'm not going to try to be wise? <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say this one thing, this second one thing, which is that I used to think that my daughter brought out the best in me. And now I'm pretty sure this is not her fault. This is my fault. I'm pretty sure she brings out very near the worst in me. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and I mean, like, I'm still, I, I, here's the thing. I mean, like, okay. So think about when you're, when you're a teenager and maybe not you, but you were certainly surrounded by guys who were like, oh, I do everything for her and I love her. Like, why doesn't she love me? And you're like, shut the fuck up. You're making this all about you. You could give a shit about that woman. If you really cared, if you loved in the true sense of the word, you would leave her alone. That's what love is. You know what? If you love that girl and it's obvious she doesn't like you, if it's love in the true sense of the word, in the sense of like you care more about their welfare than yours, go away. You're saying right? set set them free and if they come back to you? Hire uh, one of the Marsalis brothers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So here's why I say if, that. If life I, I, gives you lemons. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um I used to think that like, oh, this is engentilified me and made me very wise. <laughs> and and <laughs> now I sit there and go, oh my God. And like day after day after motherfucking day, I have these constant realizations. Get ready for this because that's really a fun ride. I'm, it, getting, I'm getting a three by five card out. <laughs> you're going to get a five by seven. This is a <laughs> wide point. Uh, I... Uh, I, no, I, I, I used to have to think, oh, the worst, the worst fight I'm going to have with myself is being a helicopter father, which I still am. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that, like, tonight we were watching uh, the Project Runway Season 2 finale, and I wanted to sit still so I could <laughs> see if Chloe wins. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. But she was really tired and spinning around and coming very close to hitting her head on a corner of something, which is one oh, of my personal, like, I, I have a real paranoia about that. Sure, it happened to me. Oh my gosh, I had a gash in my head when I was a kid. I, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. Whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is, you want to, in the same way that, like, if you make it through the depression, you don't want your kids to be hungry, like, save money, right? That kind of thing. I don't well, want to. Well, in fact, I got a gash in my head and the Jewish geld poured out. So it actually <laughs> saved me. And- You're the Gelden Goosen. Gelden Goosen Scheisen. Not careful. <laughs> Careful. I want to also talk about Paths of Glory. I got a note here. Um, anyway. I, I, um, I used to think it brought out the best of me. I thought, oh, you know, I'm learning so much about myself and I'm becoming so wise. And, <laughs> and you know what I realized? I realized, holy shit, I, like, I want to be like a big brother that she admires. Oh. I, I want her to like me. I want, I want her to think I'm cool. Uh-oh. I want, well, no, I'm being honest. I'm being mm-hmm, honest. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I, don't, I can't speak for you, but like, it w- wouldn't it be nice if you could go in there while she's got her duck and or pig book, mm. you could say something very wise and you would see a moment where in her eyes, she saw how right you were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And instead Maybe, maybe you will have that. I don't know. More and more often, though, I realize like how completely full of shit I am. Oh. I am so full of shit. I mean, I know I'm full of shit. It's kind of my my, my deal. Yeah. But 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 like with 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 this it's your brand. Like, now, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, and that's what that is the that's the little uh, what my own little cocoon to shed is like going like what you know and i've said this really like high and fucking high and mighty thing from the beginning that i've always believed i still believe but now i feel more and more i have to put my money where my mouth is which is get out of her way and let her become the person that she's going to be yeah which i still like that is that's like an article of faith to me that is harder and harder to do 
as like I have fun times with her. We have things we in common. I mean, I'm you know I, I'd like to think that I'm very supportive of whatever she wants to do. We'll play what she wants to play as long as it's about comics. But you know now she's really into drawing, which I'm like so into, and I find myself saying, "But here's how dumb I am." I find myself saying, "Hey Ellie, that was awesome. Like you just drew the laundry in the in the uh, washing machine. That was really cool." And then I'm like, well, "Shut the fuck up." Like, don't tell her, like, that that looks good. Like, do you want her to, like, live for your praise? Right. Because why? Because I want to be praised. And I and then, by extension, how horrible is this? I want her to like me because I praised her. Like, how so, stupid is that? Yeah. And I'm just being honest. I'm just being yeah. honest. And I used to think that was very wise. I'm a very supportive parent. I'm very wise. And and it's like, you know, the, the, the hardest part of this is, like, the hard part was not just being sleepy. That Actually, that was the hardest part. It was very hard <laughs> to be sleepy all the time. But I'm finding, I'm finding it even more difficult to have to shed the parts of my personality I thought were helpful yeah. uh, to get the fuck out of the way and to stop being a 2, 3, 7, 12, 14, 19-year-old person with, yeah, with this yeah, person. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's just, and that's why I'm done being wise. That's <laughs> as wise as I can get at this point is like, I have no fucking idea what's <laughs> going on. I hope she learns to make good decisions. And if she doesn't like, that's just going to have to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have already rehearsed her first driving lesson so many times Oh, that her first driving lesson when she's like, I want to learn to drive. I'm going to, first of all, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go strap into my driving lesson costume. I will have, I will have bought and restored a car. Am just I getting for this ahead moment. of myself to think that you've already kind of thought out the components of that costume? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the costume will have a, will have a brass spyglass. We'll have... A scimitar. So it's like going to be like a cyberpunk uh, modern major general kind of feel? Yeah, that's right. And her first driving lesson is going to last a month and a half. <laughs> we are going we to leave the home. This is all getting her ready for Tierra Del Fuego, right? Yeah, th that's right. This, you're just she's lay, you're be, laying the groundwork. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be 15 and a half and she's going to go, she's Dad, thinking, I want to learn go, to drive I, a car. I, I want to go, go to the mall or I want to go to Hot Topic or get a malted. And that's you're right. Like, you're like, you know what? Pee now. Because it's going to be 45 right. days before we stop. I'm going to walk over to an oil painting on the wall. I'm going to slide it over to the side. <laughs> I'm going to punch in a 15 number code into a keypad. And the floor is going to slide open, and we're going to go down into a mine shaft <laughs> where, where the Batmobile awaits. And you're, but like, will you, will you, like, uh, like whip away like the uh, the cover of the car, and there it'll be waiting. There it is. The, this, the driving education car, and it's going to be like, all right, before before you get into the car, there's a five hour long. <laughs> There's a five-hour-long checklist, and we're going to go around this car. Check the tire pressure again. Check the tire we're pressure. Look at everything. We're going to we are going to test the tensile strength of every single spoke in the wire wheels of this Austin Healey 100. And she's just going to be like, "I would rather never drive." You're not ready. I mean, that's right. I'm going to say like, you're not ready. Not ready. <laughs> and then you'll spray something in her face like Batman, so she can't remember. But 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 here's here's what I really worry. I worry that I'm going to start giving her driver's lessons, driving lessons when she's seven, yeah, and she's going to be sitting right. next to me trying to look at her uh, Dora the Explorer coloring book, and I'm going to be like, "See this? See what this semi is doing right now? See what this semi is doing? Now this could cause an accident." 
<laughs> if I hadn't been looking 15 seconds ahead, we would be in a very different lane right now. Do you understand that, young lady? Yeah. You understand what lane we would be in right now? You're reading a, a board book that happens to be from England. You're like, and just so you know, that's the wrong side to drive on. <laughs> like you want to like that, right? that goes through your head. You want to make sure you you know, like I, I've been showing her kung fu movies mm. and oh, saying, really? "Oh, yeah." I, you, I took, you're uh, aware that you are going to turn her into one of those like people that uh, like living humans who believe they're a superhero and like fight crime in downtown San Francisco. <laughs> you mean like X twenty three? I think I might be. I think I might be turning her into some kind of a, a, a superhero assassin. Do I, you know X twenty three personally? No, I've never met her. She's had a lot of problems. Got, got mommy issues. Here's the thing. I, I I did I did this. Okay, here's what I did. So every single time you've ever seen a kung fu movie with awesome fighting in it, what's the very first thing that you wanted to do as soon as that scene ended? Well, jump want, up there and kick somebody in the face. Fucking a right. Yeah. And you want to hear the words that came out of my mouth last week? Okay, I'm going to show you a scene from a movie uh, called uh, Ip Man. And I'm going to show you a scene from a movie called Enter the Dragon, but I'm only going to show them to you if you promise that you're not going to start hitting and kicking things. Mm -hmm. And guess how it worked out? It worked out half great. She because, promised well, that, she, that she wasn't going to kick things. I mean, she's, you know, she's five and a half. Yeah, she, she, her, she the contract with her is not binding. She knows. Well, well, John, like how many times have you had people say to you, well, here's the thing, and I'm going to demand you this, and you would go, hmm. You know, provisionally. I mean, she's smart enough to know that, like, I'm again, she knows I'm full of shit. Yeah. And, like, how many, I mean, to watch the scene where Bruce Lee fights the guy with the big scar on his eye and, like, does the, does the kick and sends him flying across the folding chairs. Amazing. My daughter has done nothing but kicked me for five days. And I, de <laughs> I deserved every single one of them. <laughs> what did you think you were gonna get what did i think i was gonna get what was like i could inoculate myself like i could have her sign some kind of a waiver yeah no daddy i will not i do not desire to enact this incredible scene <laughs> over and over i'm gonna show you a scene from this 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 wing chun movie that involves guys on wires flying through the air with swords yeah and but you're not allowed to want to imitate it yeah so last night I've never done this before, but last night, you know, I'm putting the baby to bed and she's, you know, she doesn't want to go to bed. She's feeling a little fussy or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's go watch some Michael Jackson videos. <laughs> and so we go and we watch, uh, we watch Billie Jean and we watch Beat It. And by the end of, of Beat It, she is, she's standing on the bed dancing Oh. The little two and a half year old uh, Michael Jackson dance. And I realized like, <clears throat> okay, uh, there, I can still, I can still, I can still reel this in. This doesn't mean that she's going to, th this doesn't mean that she's going to be uh, like on a uh, living color. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can still get this back. You sound like your dad. <laughs> I, I can still get this back. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean she's going to be some kind of color like the girl, like the gal from the uh... that girl with the big, uh, the big radio box <laughs> under her tights <laughs> in the on that television show. <laughs> the radio box under her. Okay, okay so she's dancing along. 
I just yeah, want to say just, also, why the fuck would you show her Billy Jean? That video has never made any sense. Well, who is, what, is the guy in the trench coat? What is that? This is what I didn't realize. It makes no sense. Billy Jean not only makes no sense, but is like deeply, profoundly cheesy. It's and it's cr- but cheesy plus creepy equals 1982. Yeah, cheesy plus creepy, and yet every second that MJ is on the screen uh, is gold. unimpeachable moment. Yeah, like he is the coolest. And he is surrounded by like the what what the little tiger swatch that turns into a tiger cub. You're, you're just showing off now that you have access to a tiger cub. That's all that is. Yeah. And and the uh, and the 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 old hobo that he, that he throws a coin in his cup and he and he turns into Cab Calloway yeah. in a white tuxedo. Like none of it's all it's all gibberish. <laughs> Your dad would have appreciated that. <laughs> That's wrong. Hey, Brian Kalamazoo. He's like some white cab cow. I don't even understand. I don't get it. Why was he sitting there in the first place? And she's going to walk around now thinking every time that she steps on a large tile, it'll light up. But, but the thing about that video is it makes so little sense. I'm never going to show it to her again. No. But Beat It. Oh, holy yeah. cats. That's massive. Beat It is like an it's beat it is like an entire season of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> beat there's so, there's so much going on in that and every yeah. one of those every one of those gangsters like i believe i'm looking at all their faces as they're as they're they're rolling up on that flatbed truck and they're, they're oh, in the sense that they do literally want to beat it they like, look like they are there to beat it they've come to play ball and you know none of them feel like oh there's a there's a guy that they got there's a guy they cast like even the white guy that looks like um, that looks like the guy from Terminator one who came back in time to fight the Terminator. Mm. What the hell was his name? You know what I'm saying? Who was the guy that, that made it with Sarah Connor that produced John Connor? Oh, the, the future guy I, in my head. I'm confusing him with one of the warriors, like one of the wimpy guys in the warriors. Mm. But I, I know who you mean. I know who Might you be mean. the same actor, but you you know what I mean. Like the guy, what's his name? The Terminator uh, Chaser. Not 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 Bill. Uh, not Bill it's Pullman. Bill Bull, Bull, not, Bill no, not Bill Pullman. So anyway, she anyway, could, she the, couldn't, the guy, she was, she I, couldn't him, sleep, and so you put this in front of her. Is she groggy at this point? Is she suggestible? She's groggy. She's groggy, but you know she she is still because she is an infant person or a, or a toddler person. She still lives in a world where. I don't think there's a tremendous differentiation between dreamland and awake land. And certainly when she is around daddy, who, who, although he cannot conjure an orb, can seemingly conjure many, many things. Daddy can conjure macaroni and cheese. Daddy can conjure music on the stereo. Daddy can conjure Michael Jackson on the iPad. Daddy is amazing still. And so... I think that she, you know, she, like I showed her a Teletubbies for the first time not very long ago. And now she's only seen one episode. We still say, "Uh oh, Tinky Winky. But it has, but that, but uh oh, Tinky Winky has removed itself from any connection to Teletubbies at all. And it's just become, it's become a meme, frankly, in our family, a, a catchphrase. Huh. That means you're subverting the dominant paradigm. <laughs> that means you done goofed. That's what it means. You done goofed. Uh oh, Tinky Winky. That means you done goofed. Oh, our our uh, friend of the show, John Syracuse, uh, has has something that I, I really wish I'd gotten my hands around earlier, which is that he has uh, 
I think he has an older son in particular, but he's got a couple kids. He refuses to even acknowledge that the uh, the 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 Star Wars prequels, the trilogy, exists, and 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 then like they're there, and he's like, well, you know, if they, they're there, like if they find the Blu-rays, they find the DVDs, like that's okay, but like I, I'm not going to acknowledge that they exist. That Teletubbies needs to be on that kind of level. You have to be so careful what you introduce because you never know what will stick. I I, I admire uh, I admire that. <laughs> I deeply admire it. Oh, he's a very admirable guy. You guys should do a podcast, you two. Uh, Syracuse, is that some kind of Italian name? Yeah, there's no Z in Syracuse. Yeah, John Syracuse. Yeah. Cusa? Yeah, he's the smartest guy who listens to the show. That, no that's like a uh, that's a kind of sausage, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know you know how my feeling about ethnic people. Oh, absolutely. You uh, yeah. honor them. And I feel like... <laughs> and they're simple traditions. I feel like... I feel like the racism of my grandparents, which hey, was pri- no, you can't be racist against which, Italians, which was primarily directed at Italians and Irish <laughs> for good I, reason. I feel like, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like as, 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 as more and more music artists are reverting to the music of my great grandparents, which uh, in the, in the words of Carl Newman <laughs> is, uh, is, you know, shouting over fiddles. Um, <laughs> Says I, uh, the guy with the Scottish background. <laughs> I feel like I feel like my new retro affectation is going to be racism against Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking papists. <laughs> Fucking papists.